You're listening to Palmetto Report. I'm Joseph Casco. The South Carolina primary is fast approaching, and the latest Winthrop poll just came out a few days ago and found that Bernie Sanders was a close second, much closer than people might have expected, to the frontrunner Joe Biden with 24 percent, Sanders at 19 percent. So to find out more about these Winthrop poll findings and to talk about the South Carolina primary, we're joined by Dr. Scott Huffman, director of the Winthrop poll. Dr. Huffman, thank you so much for being with us. I'm very happy to be here. So Joe Biden won at 24 percent, Sanders 19 percent, number two, Tom Steyer at 15 percent, then Pete Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren at 7 and 6 percent, respectively. What's your reaction to your latest findings? Well, you know, overall, uh, it, bad news for Biden, for him only being ahead by single digits. Now, he is ahead by double digits among African-American voters, so that's his saving grace at the moment. But he is still far, far weaker than he should be. And the fact that Bernie Sanders is gaining some ground here. Uh, you know, he came in second uh, back in 2016, but, you know, there are only three people in the race, and really there are only two people, and he got beaten by 40-some-odd uh, points. So the fact that he is getting a significant number, a bit of a surprise, but even more surprising, that he is essentially tied for second among African-American voters. Among African-American voters, second place is a statistical tie between Tom Steyer, who's total unknown until he started spending his billions of dollars uh, here in South Carolina, and uh, Bernie Sanders, who got clobbered last time, but now African Americans are giving him a second look. He's still far behind uh, Joe Biden, who I think has 31% among African Americans um, in, our, in the current poll, but uh, Biden ahead by single digits overall, not good news for Biden. So most analysts would describe South Carolina as Joe Biden's Alamo. If uh, if well, he were to, if he were to, he probably not, wouldn't. Uh, maybe they've not used that term. But if if he were to not do well here, is there any way his campaign could move forward? Uh, it'll it'll limp forward definitely to to Super Tuesday because that that becomes his his last hope, other than. Um, just scraping by to a convention and hoping that a contested convention saves him. He doesn't come out of South Carolina well unless he has a decisive win. He could still win. And if it's by single digits, he's going to be seen as underperforming and, and have lost the what was supposed to be a so-called firewall. Well, you know, the fire's getting through that wall at the moment. And so he could go, he will go on to Super Tuesday, of course, because there's just so many delegates at stake on Super Tuesday. But he'll go into those states with massive delegate counts and have to say, hey, the, the one state that everybody thought I had locked down, I barely won. But I promise I'm the guy who can take on Trump. And so that's going to be a harder sell. What do you think happens with South Carolina and whoever does well, performs well here? What kind of bump might they get heading into Super Tuesday that isn't terribly far away? Well, if somebody can show momentum in South Carolina, a state which is so demographically different than Iowa and New Hampshire, they don't even have to win. But if they kind of, uh, uh, you know, outperform expectations, then they get to go into the rest of the country and saying, hey, African-Americans who you thought were just going to line up completely behind Biden, I got a lot of support from people of color as well. 
I'm somebody who can perform across the entire nation. So, you know, they say there's there's no no prize for second. There are prizes for second place. First off, you do get some delegates on the Democratic side. Republican side is usually winner-take-all contest. But you do get to add some delegates. But you get to claim momentum in a place where, you know, six months ago, there, there was just, oh, it'll be Biden and a few other people who get, might get a few votes. Well, if you can prove that you're a strong second, and if you can keep Biden from having a decisive victory, you do get momentum. What's your assessment of what the Sanders campaign is doing right now? Most people seem to point to him or would call him the front runner. Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, he's the front runner right now um, uh, for Joe Biden um, and uh, in South Carolina. Sanders, front runner in the other contest. So what Sanders needs to do is show that he can get these votes in South Carolina, and he's doing it. Uh, you know, his strength among African Americans, statistically tied for second, is just not something you would have expected. His supporters keep saying, you know, well, he got 26 percent uh, in the last contest, uh, but that was essentially a two-person contest. Uh, so he really got hardly anything overall. And this, you know, showing at 18, 19 percent. Uh, in a multi-person contest is actually a big deal for him. So he could come in second, uh, and if Bi- and if Biden only wins by single digits, then Sanders has shown what he was unable to show in 2016, and that is that he can appeal to to people of of color. Um, you know, the Nevada win. You have to remember it's a caucus; it's not a primary. Um, also, unions are really important in that caucus. So, obviously, uh, Hispanic, Latinx voters did, or caucus goers did support him, but a caucus is not a, a primary. And so, if he can win that caucus and then show support from African Americans in this primary, even if he doesn't win, that's that's a boost for Sanders. Do you think that there's some concern among? the establishment on the Democratic side about Sanders becoming the nominee and his prospects for beating the president? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, because there was absolutely no way that Hillary Clinton could lose to Donald Trump. It's physically not even possible. And yet, here we are with the President Trump. Right? And it doesn't matter that she got more more actual votes. That's not how the Constitution works, right? So, yes, no matter who comes out, they're going to be terrified. But you're on to something. They may be a little more worried about Bernie Sanders because they can see the ads writing themselves. Um, I, he, didn't he honeymoon in, in Moscow, for something goodness like sakes? That. Yeah. Um, so, you know, throwing out these these terrifying terms that that people do not understand socialism this and you know he's going to return us to communism you know folks don't realize that essentially america is kind of socialist anyway but it's corporate socialism right our corporations get so many tax breaks that you know amazon which is you know fueling jeff bezos is you know what almost the the richest man in the world if not the richest man amazon paid no taxes right that that's corporate welfare um but you you sling any term like socialism in front of people in america and they're gonna run terrified uh because of the cold war and of course the great irony is you know uh the, the party of Ronald Reagan has embraced the the president of, of Russia. And, you know, you could probably light up streetlights with how fast Ronnie's spinning in his grave. But 
um, what Bernie Sanders brings to the table in the minds of Democrats is very different than what Bernie Sanders will be seen as once the Republicans start running their ads. So your top Democrats, they're already seeing those ads. So, of course, they're worried. You're listening to the Palmetto Report. I'm Joseph Casco. We're speaking with Dr. Scott Huffman, director of the Winthrop Poll, about the upcoming South Carolina primary. Tom Steyer in third place. You know, you mentioned about he was a virtual unknown. This really shows what a large pile of money can do to raise your profile. Yeah, and it's it, it show not just what money can do, but personal wealth. Because, again, after Citizens United, and, and there were actually a, a couple other cases that, that were key to this, um, money can flow in unlimited ways into politics now. So you have the traditional political action committees. That was the old way. You know, you're, you're stuck at uh, individually donating, you know, 2,700, 5,400 over a cycle. Um, and they cannot use the magic words. The magic words are, you know, support, vote for. Um, and then there are 501C organizations. Now, if you give to charity, you are probably giving to a 501C3 organization. Well, for example, 501C3. Four organizations are organizations that uh, exist primarily for, quote, educational purposes, unquote. And so they, they just have to do that a little more than they do direct politics. But guess what? Their educational purpose might be educating you on why that candidate's so terrible or this one's so good. Finally, we have the super PACs, independent expenditure committees. They can spend unlimited money. Now, here's the thing. Super PACs and PAC 527s have to show who donated money. 501 organizations, 501C organizations do not. But 501C can endorse, but they can give to a super PAC. So it's a loophole. So you can give money to a 501C organization. They will never, ever say that you gave the money, and that money can be funneled directly to a super PAC. And guess what? Super PACs can use the magic words, support, endorse. So in the last couple of cycles, we've seen what unlimited amounts of money flowing into the system can do. And now we have people using their personal wealth that way. If there had never been a Citizens United, I don't think we'd, we'd have seen the billionaires coming in the way they are now with unlimited funds. And Tom Steyer, has shown exactly what's possible with his uh, rise in South Carolina. Um, No one listening in the state of South Carolina to this uh, has escaped a Tom Steyer ad. Um, If you are on the internet, you are seeing Tom Steyer's face. Uh, it's, It's truly amazing to go from wholly unknown to essentially among African-Americans second place and roughly third overall in South Carolina. And it's, it is all related back to the beginning of unlimited funds flowing into politics through Citizens United when corporations and unions could spend unlimited till now individuals with individual wealth are seeing what they can do. So another person with a great means is Michael Bloomberg. Of course, not on the ballot in South Carolina, but kind of employing this strategy of I'm going to sit back for a while, come in, hope to do really well on Super Tuesday. It doesn't seem like maybe that's working out as well as... Well, it, 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 it just would have been unthinkable before, though. He, this is only even conceivable because he has unlimited funds that he's willing to pour into the system right now. There are no limits. 
So he can look at a strategy that says, I can just skip the first few contests, let them beat each other up as much as possible, jump in and still have a chance. Uh, is it a, a great chance? Well, no, but that doesn't mean it's it's not possible. Look, if you only have a, a 30% chance of rain, I'm still taking my umbrella. Even though it's not probable, it's possible. So the fact that it's even possible for him to jump in on Super Tuesday, having completely ignored the other contests, and only be able to do it because of his wealth, if he can get traction there, then that's it, it's a worry for both parties, actually, especially the state parties, right? You look at South Carolina, and he didn't come here. And if he gets traction having skipped South Carolina, uh, the Democrats in South Carolina are going to worry about our ability to stay first in the South. After South Carolina and, of course, Super Tuesday, if some of these candidates start to continue to underperform, people maybe like Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, Will there start to be some pressure on these folks to step out of the race? There'll be Bernie Sanders supporters. They'll say, oh, Elizabeth Warren is taking away from some of our voting base or someone like Buttigieg. You know, maybe he should step aside so that uh, that someone like Joe Biden maybe has a better chance. What, what yeah, will those calls look I mean, like? Uh, of course. I mean, you know, people who are. Um, you know, getting single digits uh, are going to be called for to drop out by the folks who are, are coming in second place or third place by single digits. And, you know, it's not necessarily true that all of those voters would go to any one place. In fact, it's quite possible, and people forget this, those voters might not have even shown up in the first place if that candidate hadn't been in. Um, you know, to give you an example of that, uh, a lot of folks credit um, uh, um, billionaire with big ears. Why am I drawing a blank in 92? Uh, Ross Perot. Perot. Uh, with, uh, you know, defeating George H.W. Bush. And in fact, a lot of those people would not have turned out if Perot wasn't on the ticket. You cannot make the assumptions that those supporters are going to automatically go somewhere else. There's just as good of a chance that they are going to stay out of it. Um, so that attrition or the calls for that will kick up, but that's because every campaign is absolutely certain that they would have the support of everybody if that woman or that man wasn't in the contest. So, of course, you're, you know, you're going to see people saying, you know, to, to Buttigieg, to, to Warren, um, especially if they underperform on Super Tuesday, you got to get out. We've, we've got to shut this down and keep it from being a contested convention. There's going to be a lot of pressure if they can't perform very well on Super Tuesday. What do you think are the odds that it becomes a contested convention? Uh, it, I mean, it's in the realm of possibility. I talked to one Democratic consultant who, uh, who said uh, 100%, and I'm not sure it's, it's 100%. Um, but I think it's, a, it's more in the cards than it ever has been. It was absolutely not going to be a contested convention last time, despite all of Bernie Sanders' supporters. Um, the math just wasn't there. Uh, he could not catch up, especially with the superdelegates. But now... Um, They've changed the rules a little bit about superdelegates. Superdelegates are still there. Uh, they are going to matter. Um, it's, uh, it's possible uh, for convention watchers. It would be an amazing thing uh, to watch if you're a Democrat or if you're anti-Trump. It would be a terrifying 
thing to watch. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if the attrition starts after Super Tuesday or if uh, uh, um, Bloomberg gains any traction, you might see even nastier fights among the top tier as it moves forward. Because, again, we have only had a very few delegates at play up to this point. Um, And come Super Tuesday, we're going to start seeing huge numbers of delegates fall into place, and it'll get nasty for every single delegate after that. What do you think happens if Bernie Sanders has the delegate lead, but not the thousand whatever it is threshold? <clears throat> yeah, one thousand nine hundred ninety-one, if my memory serves, uh, which it might not. Um, it, it's yeah, obviously his supporters are going to, to to scream for everybody else to get out, and you know you're just weakening the clear front runner, uh, but. You know, as long as anybody else can get to the convention close to that with some uh, super delegates not pledged, then, you know, they've got a legitimate argument that mathematically, you know, Sanders, if he's not over the threshold, um, but he's ahead of me, well, I have just as much of a chance as he does because I can get the, the delegates, the unpledged delegates at the convention. So, yeah, again, it's just going to get nastier if it comes to that. One last thing. What could happen on Saturday in the primary here in South Carolina that, that might surprise you? Well, um, if Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, performs extremely well, and Biden only wins by single digits, that's a big deal. But what could change things is Jim Clyburn. Jim Clyburn has has made a point to not endorse. He's never endorsed, you know, in the past up to this point. Um, He's said uh, uh, that he's going to make an endorsement on Wednesday, and it's almost certainly going to be for Joe Biden. So assuming he makes the endorsement for Joe Biden, and Joe Biden goes from, at this point, you know, mid single digits ahead to a double digit win, that would be a huge deal. It'd be an incredible shot in the arm for the Biden campaign. And it could just shut, shake up uh, what's expected to happen on Super Tuesday. Dr. Scott Huffman, thank you so much. My pleasure. That was Dr. Scott Huffman, director of the Winthrop Poll, talking about the upcoming South Carolina primary and the Democratic race for president. You're listening to the Palmetto Report.